0: We'll do Chris Christie by proxy, right? Um, is he in any. Sounds like a disorder.
1: We're... So...
2: Chris Christie by proxy is a disorder? It sounds like it. It's like, like Munchausen's by proxy. <laughs> sounds like.
3: It sounds like, it's like secondhand fat or something.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like. Where you make someone else fat so you can, you can get high off of watching them eat food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, eat those
3: triggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like oh, a weird God. fetish. <laughs> There's our hard
2: intro. <laughs> You're giggling about your it's intro? It's so stupid. I, it's not even that funny. It's really not funny. I'm just going to say it. It's fine. You're not going to laugh hey everybody welcome back to the human reaction podcast your weekly source for independent commentary on news politics and culture where everything is made up and the points don't matter just like the fourth republican primary debate david what are we talking about today (laughs) I, i told you it was stupid yeah that was pretty dumb all
0: right, well, shut welcome. up. To Did the nobody debate? else watch Whose Line
2: Is It Anyway? <laughs> crickets, man. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah, yeah, it'll, yeah it'll, it's going to work. work. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> welcome to
0: the debate recap episode. We're going to do this a little bit differently this week. We're going to have this topic in one episode, and then we're going to do another one to cover some of the other things that happened this week, because there were important developments that weren't the Republican debates, which were entertaining and very interesting. We want to get into it with some detail. But before we could do all of that, please like, comment, subscribe,
3: wherever you are. We were just looking at our YouTube, and our YouTube is closing in on 500 subs. We're almost there. We're about 20 away. So uh, help us hit that mark, because that would be awesome. And um, also, wherever you're at, uh, we cover tons of different topics on here. Uh, Go down to the chapter marks below to jump to wherever you want to go, if you kind of have a certain area that you're more interested in. And also join our Discord, because it keeps growing, and it's fun in there.
2: And if you join our Discord, you can help me come up with more clever and entertaining intros than the one I just did. And there's a lot of memes, <laughs> a lot of fun memes. So many fun memes. We actually, we, we have at least one meme we got to show today, which I think we'll probably get to a little later. We're going to huh? get to. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. All right. So kick us off, David. Where are we at? Well, what are our overall
0: impressions? We had uh, the fourth debate. That's going to be the last debate of this year. The pri- Iowa primary is only like 20-something days away, 30 days away. Jeez. Uh, and it's going to be on for real, for real reels, with caucuses going and votes going and yeah i and think of was, course trump wasn't there again that's the other thing to note up front trump wasn't there why would he be vivek's doing his job for him yeah. so and christy was very upset about it
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah christy <laughs> <laughs> true yeah christy Chris, christy definitely went after trump the most i i felt like i think it was probably consensus though overall that ron DeSantis was the winner of the debate why do you guys think that that is the the impression at least yeah, in d- the mainstream it, it,
3: depends where you go. Cause like if you're kind of an establishment person, you think Nikki Haley was the top. And then if you're kind of like just an internet person, you think Vivek was the top and somewhere in there is like, Desantis kind of so let me struck rephrase. both
2: chords. Maybe so like, it was more that like Desantis had his best performance so far. I, defi- I, I, I definitely with. think okay. that yes. DeSantis, yes. he One seemed more personable. Different.
3: seemed like he had more of a spine. He was like much more aggressive. Uh, it was interesting watching him and Vivek tag teaming Nikki Haley
2: throughout the whole thing. Phrasing <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Have to go back, and cut that out. <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> You guys made a weird. <laughs> <nonsense>. <laughs> I like all the attention.
0: Boys was the, uh, her line. She did say that. It was, it was she very did say weird, say very strange. Um, well, first off, second off, how did she dress, Joe? We need to address the elephant in the room, pun intended.
2: The- wow, that is a good pun. Oh, wow. Nice, yeah, that's subtle. Like I, I like it. You. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, so Bennett asked me this yesterday, and when he asked that question, I realized I didn't even notice hmm. which i think is the point that Probably i've been trying time. to make the whole time is it it just shouldn't be distracting we gotta bring it up on screen real quick let's just, see let's
0: see what let's see what the uh, aesthetics says speaks to him in real time let me get a see red tie looking standard yep just classic quite. republican yeah
2: it, it's not distracting no it's mm-hmm. not distracting just looks like a sweater
3: Men, Man. men have it so easy. Vivek just wears the exact same thing every debate.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's like me though. I just wear the same T-shirt every day. <laughs> just the same T-shirt every single day. But by choice, I, right? Yeah, I, that's are I'm fine. I'm it's judging you. I, I think she looks. I think she looks professional. And it was. It was not something that drew my attention at all during the entire debate. I didn't even think about it one time. Hmm. So, I, sorry if that's a letdown. But uh, no, I wanted you to criticize. But I gave well, it five stars. You know, there is a, sort of a terry cloth vibe. It could it still has sort of, you know, I don't know. You don't like the texture? I don't like the texture is it? But but really like you're really we're 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 reaching to the bottom of the barrel of commentary here. I have nothing wrong with what she's wearing. To
0: misogynism be is the only thing we offer in this episode in this podcast. So we got here. Oh wow, that's such a good combination. Um uh <laughs> That's
2: a joke, internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> If you are a small business owner looking for exponential growth, you have to connect with Adam Thune at Intellectual Patriots. He will revolutionize your business game and help you get to the next level. Adam can streamline your business practices and advertising strategies to improve your bottom line. His expertise in data engineering means he can build you the systems you need to collect and analyze market data. His mission is to provide you with invaluable insights to fuel your success, from grant writing and business proposals to digital systems integrations, even AI management. Intellectual Patriots is a one-stop shop for cutting-edge solutions. Don't wait another second. Visit IntelPatriots.com to learn more. That's I-N-T-E-L Patriots.com Okay, so now that we've thoroughly unpacked uh, Nikki Haley's debate attire, uh, how did you think that she did as far as her performance? Obviously, the mainstream would would call her the winner, I think. Is that, is that right? New York Times did. New York Times did?
0: No, no. New York Times but Christy is a winner. Sorry. Yeah, that was no.
3: hilarious. Which is... Which is interesting because and some of the some of the critiques of the other candidates were that they're too conservative in the Republican primary. <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah. So the New York Times picked the least yeah. conservative <laughs> candidate, like
3: acting like the primary is to be gauging like your average New York Times commentator. Like that's that's who matters for the right. for well, the Republican primary. And these are primary. supposedly
0: the conservatives of the New York Times. Yeah. Right? They pick them to be the ones that chart this thing. And of course, every time they're just like. Vivek is so annoying. Like, that's their criticism. Yeah. Like, oh, um, uh, DeSantis was just, wasn't, is compelling. It's like, what do you, I don't know. That was, I was not impressed by their I,
3: I think Nikki Haley did a very good job in um, who she's trying to appeal to, which is like the donor class. Boeing, probably. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. just the donor class in general. Yeah. But yeah, like military contractors would be one of one of the factions that she's going for, right? Sure. And no. she she even said no. that in she even said that in the debate where she was bragging about how all of DeSantis's Wall Street donors left him for her, which is a very strange thing to hear in a on a debate. Like I've never typically hear a candidate talk about how much the big high dollar donors. You know, yeah. Like it's it, usually something that is like quiet. Like that's the quiet part out loud that she's giving. So,
2: and does that speak to the average Republican voter as much as it speaks to perhaps other potential donors, right? Like, Oh, well crap. Like maybe we should get on that train. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, but, but it does
3: seem like there is money moving from DeSantis to Nikki Haley. Um, does
2: seem to be the case. I, I will just say like anecdotally I get, I don't know what list I got on, but I get more texts from the DeSantis, ecosystem than than anything else mm. politically like and and i don't get political text but i get like around a debate i'll get one a day or two a day
1: hmm. wow. just
2: and they're all about ronda DeSantis. you're on a super packed list somewhere. i got on someone's list yep get me off the list please <laughs> <laughs>
0: once you're on you're never
3: off <laughs> i know <laughs> i
2: block every single one and it always comes from a different number it's impossible right.
0: so we do have some interesting policies that did get brought up. Uh, for example, we had some Ukraine policy really de- dominated the night. and this is this is I think, where the insider outside grassroots versus elite dynamic comes the, the clearest, right Where you have largely the elite donor class is very much considered, you know like a supporting uh, the uh, war in Ukraine while you have Vivek uh, and kind of the guy that's not there, kind of standing behind Vivek maybe. There's more other grassroots candidate candidates, Trump, um, being anti-Ukraine. So uh, we have a great clip here to kind of summarize this. Not, even, not just summarize, just watch this whole chat because it really, I mean, it's the hottest moment of the debate for sure.
4: Foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom. I want everybody at home to note that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position, with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, who still support this, what I believe is, pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. this is, is what that, i want people to understand these people have i mean she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are but she wants to send and she's like damn it and our military equipment to go fight it so
2: she's trying to look smug but i think she's really like dang it i think i don't know
4: christy is trying to jump in has like, real dum, foreign dum, policy dum. experience it takes an outsider to see this through look at the blank expression she doesn't know the right. names of the provinces that she wants
5: to actually fight
2: And now she's trying to play like a victim card or something like the little like shy look away. I don't know.
5: Let me just say something here. You know, his reasonable peace deal in Ukraine, he made it clear. Give them all the land they've already stolen. Promise Putin you'll never put Ukraine in Russia and then trust Putin not to have a relationship with China. Let me tell you something. That's no reason. That's, not my, deal. Deal. That's not my deal. Yes, Chris. it's exactly what I'll, you said. I'll describe you my do this too. at every debate. What I you. Yeah, okay? <laughs> you say Don't interrupt me. I didn't interrupt you. Yeah, you did. No okay? You say this. how do this. You do this at every hand. debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you out on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to oh, say... It doesn't what does describe that. anything that just happened. i yet. Well, this is... <laughs> look, this is
0: I don't see how you, anyone can find that compelling.
3: Um, before we continue that clip, yeah, no, that, that, is a, that is an interesting thing about Chris Christie is in this, he had... Two lines of attack that he kept using one was this type of a thing where yeah. it's like you go out on the thing and then you say you didn't say it and then another one was like and then they just don't answer the question and he kept like trying to drill DeSantis later on about how he's not answering the question yeah. when like DeSantis was straight up answering the question yeah. that was there it was very it, it's very he, that's that's crusty. how he's trying
0: to separate it from it and it, what's also frustrating is how his he doesn't even make a lot of sense he's like oh you're gonna keep Ru- Putin in Russia and it's like <laughs> well, you have the other opinion? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that opinion exists. What's your plan for that, Chris? You know, like it, what? <laughs> like he's trying to make his position look absurd as he advances the most absurd radical position possible, which is like regime change in Russia. Yeah. Like, and like, you're going to mention, keep
3: Putin there. Oh, you're, you're going like, to just
0: win this war that we've been that we've been losing for a year and a half now. I mean, come on.
2: You're not just going to win it like that's a choice totally crazy to me and and, but the other part of it though i think is that's telling in this is that nikki haley doesn't just interrupt and say the three provinces like and and like you pointed out like she could have answered the question she wanted to answer she should have interjected there to show that you know she either you know dismissed the characterization Mm -hmm. or actually did know but she was silent the whole time Mm -hmm. and trying to look like smug and and then you know as christy came to kind of you know defend her later you know she's like Playing this like victim card or something, it just seemed so glaring to me that like she was the wheels were turning so fast. She was like, "Crap, what are they? What are they?" Like, like she really did yeah. get stumped. Mm. It felt like she got well, stumped. it's, and it's one of
3: those. It's, I think it's one of those things in the moment because sh- we also do have a clip. She does eventually actually say them, but it's it's well. I believe it's while Christie and Vivek are fighting. And I think even DeSantis is jumping in there. So like, she just kind of says it while everything's going on. So it just like, it gets missed, but it happens way later. So she's probably like sitting there thinking, she's like, okay, I'm going to have a comeback. Okay, yeah, Don Bass. Yeah, you know, she's like That is exactly what it
2: felt like. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Because like like she does actually know them, but she didn't know them when it mattered for the sake of the clip because because mm-hmm. perception is reality right, right here. All the clips are going to be is Vivek saying, "You guys don't even know three provinces in Ukraine." And then the side-by-side of her going exactly mm, with like a like a, with, a, with like a thinking face right? <laughs> it did not look good. So like it, like the perception is what matters on this. Yeah. Yeah. um it doesn't matter if she actually knows them and, and she does she does actually know them but to the internet that will do we matter, want to right?
0: watch a or do we want to go into how this is actually an aleppo moment um yeah let's let's
3: see if there's more uh, value here to be gained from this clip this
5: is the fourth debate the fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So shut up for a little while. I'm going to respond
1: to that. I want
4: to say God. your version of We're gonna let you to that. After, We're after gonna the main, I'll, I'll take that.
5: I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence. Not her positions,
2: her basic
5: intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this. I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. (laughs) And while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. and You should stop insulting her. So I ought to take this. Take How dare you. See, you?
2: The puppy <laughs> dog guys are real. Like, yeah. she is playing that up so uh, hard right
3: it, here. It, it is strange because, like, there's a moment there's another moment in the debate where there's like a call out of the whole Nikki Haley calling vivek a misogynist type of thing too mm-hmm. so like there's like like the strong independent woman and then she just kind of like lets Christy defend her and white knight her in this moment you know like there's a certain optics uh confliction that is existing there I think to just people that are watching well it.
2: I, I find it also slightly ironic that Christy is calling out vivek for insulting Nikki while just having called him an obnoxious blowhard <laughs> like like, which you can, know. which
0: you can only do because he's younger. Interesting,
2: right? If they're older, then they're being too
0: aggressive and they're being a bully. But if they're younger, then they're obnoxious. Mm. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's it's playing on an ageism dynamic and also an outsider insider dynamic. Like he's coming from the outside, and how could he know anything about public policy? He hasn't been in Congress, and he wasn't. He's always playing up his time in the in the DOJ for Bush, right? Like that was. That gave him all of his information about how to be an actor in politics, mm-hmm. and therefore that's why he's qualified. As if like that's the thing that the public are looking for, and the public's not looking for qualifications; they're looking for the right ideas mm-hmm. right now. And I think I think it's actually totally was um, he compelling to the donor class, not compelling to the grassroots regular people.
2: So what w- I mean, what did what did Vivek do that made you guys feel like, and, and make the broader internet feel like? he won this debate i think the
0: ending here actually he caps it out and he gets the last word and it really makes i think if it just would have ended here it would have been pretty tough for vivek to come back but um because at this point everyone's kind of going like what did christy say and is he actually being a bully and you know and it is playing on male versus female dynamics that are interesting right that that you know aren't clearly there's a double standard here for sure that they're going to use uh but then he gets the last word
4: so first of all christian we learned three things we learned three things right there first of all chris christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern ukraine he actually wants to fight for Does he nods version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from new jersey to new york yeah. so do everybody a favor just walk yourself off that stage enjoy a nice meal yeah and get the hell out of this yeah, race. Right, when it comes to nikki i think if you're going to send your sons and daughters while, to go die in somebody voting. else's war. While well, you, you were Excuse voting. me, Chris, I'm Interrupting. speaking. And I'm not done yet. The i, I have speaking. Time when you and we're going to be done. So listen up to this. Is If these people want to send your sons and daughters to go die in Ukraine, they've been arguing for it for a year. $200 billion of our taxpayer money sent over. Neither of them could even name for you the provinces that they actually want to protect. And this is the people who have been touting their so-called foreign policy experience. It is intellectual fraud. These people are lying to you. The same people who told you about weapons and mass destruction in Iraq to justify that invasion, didn't know the first thing about it. Yet they sent thousands of our sons and daughters to go die. The same people who told you the same in Afghanistan, where the Taliban is still in charge 20 years later, seven trillion of our national debt due to these toxic neocons. You can put lipstick on a Dick Cheney. It is still a fascist neocon. Thank and you, Mr. Mr. Ron Thank you, Mr. Ron Dick Ronaswane. Cheney all over again at okay. this
0: point. And that can was just, masterfully done to return to his, his basic point and then drive it home further. It was That's why he won.
2: I completely agree. And I highlighted that moment as like one of Vivek's major wins in this debate it to me it felt synonymous with ron paul's giuliani moment particularly with the juxtaposition with Christie being this like new york new jersey tough guy mentality trying to shame him Mm -hmm. right same same tactic exactly and he just he he drilled him on it he nailed it Mm -hmm. not backing
0: down but that's that's the thing in public discourse you do not back down that moment of weakness is the thing that will Basically, hit you the hardest. Well, well, and
3: there's an added thing here too: is that clip was four and a half minutes long, and no one actually named a province yet in that time. So, like, it does make it when Nikki Haley eventually names a province, which I think comes after this clip. Like, there's a lot of time that exists there. I do have it linked.
0: (laughs) Let's let's jump into that and you see see how kind of how that dynamic was because I think watching it actually tells you something too, and then we can talk about these these areas in hell. Yeah, and how this is it, the wrong answer even as she gives the answer <laughs> yeah it's
3: it's funny that um the tweet is coming from like a very pro-ukrainian person i'm seeing a ukrainian flag in this uh, <laughs> in this video clip right here whoever this is but uh yeah this is the moment where
0: she does all right let's talk about this where's the nesk region <laughs> let's, let's do it in order I don't actually know, but yeah. I'm not running for president. Uh, the Donetsk region has been at war in civil war with the you know government of Ukraine since 2014. They've been dropping bombs on each other for a very long time. So she really wants to send your sons and daughters to die to get Russia to not control an area that voted overwhelmingly to become part of Russia and Russia denied them uh, some years ago. An area that you know is majority speaking Russian in the home, uh, who part of the major region, why they don't want to become part of Ukraine and didn't want to, and this was a major conflict before the Russian invasion, was because the government of Ukraine banned their language. This is an area that is overwhelmingly Orthodox Russian uh, by religion, uh, and their church is currently banned in Ukraine. So she wants to send your sons and daughters to go make sure that Kiev. Controls Donetsk, not Donetsk controlling itself or Russia controlling it. That's why your sons and daughters will die. And she fed into that by doing this. This is why it's bad debate strategies to answer that question that way is because now you're committed to your foreign policy is to send young men and women to make sure that Donetsk is controlled by Kiev, not you know Russia. Uh, Luhansk Luhansk is a little bit tougher I mean it's a little more more of a split area but it is an area that's overwhelmingly controlled in fact the entire a lot of the spring offensive was targeted at Luhansk and it failed miserably <laughs> to move the ball so what's her plan to actually do that that isn't going to just result in mass death and lastly Crimea Crimea has been controlled by Russia for since the Obama administration long time yeah and before then from the end of the USSR till 1790 was controlled by the by the russians so like why make that case and of course you know not only is the the knowledge question isn't the question the real question is what is your real foreign policy and it's a trap it's meant to be it's a debate trap and that's why i want to point out like as much as like the best situation is if she would have named these right off the bat then vivek could have came back and said let's talk about these districts and could have exposed that Mm. and actually would have gotten the foreign policy further. But she didn't want to feed into it. So it like it really stuck her. This is the difference between this moment and the, I believe, and the, um, what was the guy? The Libertarian got caught on Aleppo. The Aleppo moment. Gary Gary Johnson. Aleppo moment was different than this in the sense that, it wasn't meant to draw a, a policy debate out. What it was meant to do is just confuse somebody and then make them look like a buffoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, because
3: they were talking in the Gary Johnson moment, the, which was a very famous moment from back in 2016, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I believe it was on CNN, might have been MSNBC. They were talking about something completely different, mm-hmm. and then they're like, what would you do about Aleppo? and gary's like what you know like like in yeah. the moment you're like is that an acronym is it you know yeah. w- what is it it was like you don't know about aleppo sir yeah <laughs> and it was like w- w- wait what are we talking about because yeah. like this is when everything was going on in syria aleppo. right as in syria, refugee crisis at the time and it's just like you you catch people by just like doing a quick topic change yeah. and then all the clips are gary johnson doesn't know about aleppo right yeah
6: right. what's well,
0: even worse if they would have said syria i bet he could have easily made the pivot but it was one particular area in there, and it's not a, a non-trivial one. So don't, don't, not not letting Gary Johnson off yeah. the hook completely, but. And the edibles might have had something to do with it. Well, but- I, 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 I think what had to do it <laughs> was, was
3: because, because Trump was a factor in that election, the media was really trying to prop up Gary Johnson at the time. Mm-hmm. And then when they learned that he was taking more from the left than the right, then they turned on him. And Gary Johnson thought everybody was being super nice at him at all these corporate news agencies. <laughs> and then as soon as the polling showed that he was actually a boon to Trump not to and, and not to Clinton, they were just like flip and then that's the when the aleppo moment happens yeah. mm-hmm.
0: so mm-hmm. that the key difference is are you doing this what is the motive uh for the this this sort of challenge to somebody uh because yeah, look i mean I, i'm not always the best at uh geography no, i make mistakes in geography but uh and that shouldn't be a disqualification for president but the question is is where are you willing to send troops to die that is the core of foreign policy and she doesn't have a foreign policy that's all at all in line with the grassroots of the GOP right now. So, that, yeah. and that's why she's going to lose at the end of the day, if you ask me, it's, it's 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 crazy to me. It's crazy to me that this is where we're at right now in American discourse, where foreign policy is the number one question for the Republican primary. I think that will turn on the Republican primary.
2: Hmm. Um, Interesting. Do we, do we know where, where everybody's polling right now as a result of this last debate? Uh, I don't have any Post polls on this one.
0: But we do have, uh, we, we are going to cover everybody. We're going to hit run to Sanders. We're going to talk some more about Christy. We're going to talk more about uh, Haley. Uh, but we do have another kind of like key time of the night here for. Vivek, um, right? this in my
3: opinion was my favorite moment of the night um, it was his other memeable moment so like something that I've really loved about Vivek in here is like he's really just taken the memes like the whole like name 10 books thing is like a is like a meme so he's just like name three regions like and you know it's it's all and this is another one I, I think that he like I think everyone that's been on the internet has probably seen at least the image of this right here is I think that he purposely went in here trying to craft a meme template that can be used as like touchpoint like touchpoint marketing throughout this like it's so cleverly done right here but it's also i think that there's there's some really strong substance in this moment as well uh this is another uh kind of battle between nikki haley and vivek right here
7: mr ramaswamy when discussing your hindu faith in september you seem to take a shot at ambassador haley who is also indian american and who converted to christianity as an adult you said an easy thing for me to do being a politician is to shorten my name profess to be a Christian and then run. Make Vivek Vicky or whatever, end quote. Are you questioning Nikki Haley's Christian convictions? And why has your campaign made a point of referring to Ambassador Haley by her given first name, Nimarada, even though she's gone by Nikki for her whole life?
4: Well, my whole deal is if Nikki Haley of all people should know how to pronounce my name correctly, the rest of the news media can learn it. My deal is I'll call her Nikki when she can say my own name right. That's our little fun side bet there. Here's what I will say is deeper. I don't question her faith. But I question her authenticity, and I think that's deeper here. We were just talking about the trans issue. This is a symptom of a deeper cancer in American life, identity politics. This new religion that says your race, your gender, and your sexuality are your identity, it is anti-American. It is meritocratic. It's anti-meritocratic, and it is dividing this country to a breaking point. And I've spoken about this to the left. My books are all about this. I've preached this to the left. But it's even worse when Republicans try to play the same game. We're talking about that transition. Nikki Haley's campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad <laughs> talking about how she would kick in heels. At the first debate, she said that only a woman can get this job done. That's what she said. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party, and criticized Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, she said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem you have a corruption problem and i think that that's what people need to know nikki is corrupt this is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house this is the problem using identity politics more effectively than kamala harris is a form of intellectual fraud and it actually needs to end. there's our donor puppet masters wielding their puppet right up here tonight this is how this game is played the puppet masters put up their puppet, and I reject the use of identity politics in this party. It has been a cancer coming from the left, and I'm sick and tired of the double standards the people of this country are too. Having two X chromosomes does not immunize okay, you from thank criticism. thank
7: you. Thank you, sir.
3: And for those that were just wow. listening, you've probably seen it on the internet, but when Vivek says that Nikki is corrupt, he holds up a notepad that just says Nikki equals corrupt on it. And that is the meme template that I was saying. I think he purposely tried to make because when you hold up a notepad or a whiteboard or something like that on the internet, people will blank it out and then start putting whatever they want on, onto that pad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that right there is the template. And it's such a clever like touchpoint marketing play because that is going to start getting passed around
2: everywhere. We, ha- we have one of our own here. Let's check it out. Um All right. There, there's our yeah, meme. There's yeah, our meme. Yeah. So go on there. Go go follow our Twitter page. You can see all of our sick memes. Super sick memes. Thanks to Sam, my brother, for being our in-house meme lord. We appreciate you very much. <laughs>
0: but yeah, it, yeah, obviously this is leaning into his strength, which is that he is the internet candidate. He's the young person's candidate. He's trying to position himself that way. And I think he's succeeding. Totally. Um The dynamic around TikTok, the dynamic around all those sorts of things, it does not play well with boomers. Right. That's reality. They think... um we'll cover this in a minute but the whole like i think the uh the more you watch tiktok the more hamas you become oh my god Uh, that was epic part for christy if you want to look that up uh, or for for Haley, um
2: is probably plays well for boomers boomers. yeah just some made-up stat about how bad tiktok is and how much it makes you (laughs) anti-israel you know one of the things i put on there is that
0: i think this is the new satanic panic right you know so like in in the 1980s and 90s there's just like this this panic that it was hey you know the the daycares run by satanists and they're teaching their kids satanism and done by chain letters <laughs> you know like right. this spread throughout as like um an intellectual pathogen uh, throughout the population and everyone freaked out and i think a lot of tiktok's like that too right we got like oh they're either it's it's making the kids eat tide pods you know <laughs> sort of <laughs> moments or uh now it's it's giving them the wrong opinions about foreign policy Hmm. as like it's a fear-driven, fear-demagogic sort of thing to do this, not on behalf of like, this is how we fix America, right? Uh, Vivek actually has a policy that we've debated on here about limiting all social media use for people under the age of
2: 17, I think it was, or 16 or something. Well, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that number might've gone, I think it was 16. Yeah, 16 or or something like
0: that. That point being like, it's not the only one there, but she's not even doing that. She's doing a completely different thing, where she's saying, "No, no, just TikTok's the problem." Also, we're going to dox everybody on the internet, but leave that aside. Just TikTok's the problem, and uh, and I think it plays well. But I also think this is this is why Vivek may lose beyond his other you know assets and liabilities. Is just because the biggest electorate is not millennials. It's not us. No, guys. It's,
3: it's suburban boomer women. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what it is,
2: yeah. and totally fair. But I think that it, it illustrates that Vivek isn't playing that near-term game he's not really yeah. playing for this election he's playing to win over the youth by way of the internet he's the only candidate who is speaking about crypto which he did mention and you know coming out and saying like sbf and ftx as opposed to like saying it out you know sam bankman freed and all that stuff most boomers probably don't know who SBF is mm. right they're not thinking about it in that way but that was like very internet language in, in the Republican around that primary, issue primary,
3: I'm not so sure because there was all the conspiracy wrapped around in the original stuff about how about him giving money to Democrats and stuff so I think like the high-informed Republican voters probably do know they don't know the ins and outs of what it but they, they just know when they hear FTX and SBF they just hear big Democrat donor yeah, right, right, right and they get mad about sure, it.
2: Right? sure sure right. um, but but a lot of it is is speaking directly to the end I mean you can see it just in yeah. in the notes pad and everything he's doing he's speaking to the youth through yeah. the internet and it's it's hopefully you know it's a long-term strategy that that will probably pay off he's, he's an
3: internet culture if you're sub 40 on age like vivek is a very interesting candidate and you see him everywhere mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it is yep um if you're above 40 you're probably still listening to people like mark levin and they're bashing on vivek right and it's it's a very big generational divide Right. for sure um okay here is the nikki haley clip that you were talking about with the uh, TikTok thing Um, We really do
7: need to ban TikTok once and for all, and let me tell you why. For every 30 minutes that someone watches TikTok, every day, they become 17% more anti-Semitic, more pro-Hamas based on doing that. We now know that 50% of adults, 18 to 25, think that Hamas was warranted in what they did with Israel.
0: That's a problem. (laughs) This is this is like video games cause mass shooters, and all inputs that I don't like are the things that create the outputs that I don't like. I mean, it's like... It's just like, there's can,
2: no science here. Will you cite your source? Yeah, like, w- what's the math on this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like I,
3: I kept seeing people like, you know, I, I could probably scroll through these comments and people are like, I spent 30 minutes watching uh, watching wrestling videos on TikTok. How many anti Semitisms is that? <laughs>
2: like, you know, like, <laughs> she pulls up a website. She's like, I got it from here. And it's just Wikipedia <laughs> yeah. It's just facts I made up about shit I know nothing about. Yeah,
3: I just like everybody... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <I'm> checking <laughs> my girlfriend's <laughs> screen <Liam> time.
3: Ma- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. watch Liam McCollum, who we had on the podcast like two episodes ago. Yeah. Damn, I need to check my girlfriend's <laughs> screen time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, like you gotta really worry about uh, the effects. Uh, go up with that that image right there. Uh, after watching TikTok for five hours, <laughs> it we've been great. We should have done a reaction where after it cuts back, after watching her say that, it's like me and like a like a hijab, you know, like the whole thing tied around the head and the mask. We'll we'll fix it in post. God. I mean, it's it's so it's so it's so absurd and it's just obviously fear mongering. And it's crazy to me that you're going to call you know Vivek, who's you know he's got assets and liabilities and problems and things I agree with and things I disagree with. Uh, you know, annoying and all these things, but then go on there to say unchallenged, such an absurd thing, and she's going to do a press tour this week, and no one's going to be like, where do those numbers come from? Like, no one's going to... I swear to God, it's not going to happen. But and if it does happen, but it's everyone a everyone on Twitter,
3: everyone on X is like, this is absurd. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, like, right. yeah, it just depends on the medium. Like, yeah, you're going on the corporate press tour. This is not the question. Yeah, look not at being it,
0: like, 6.2 million people saw this on the From the, the blaze, too. Yeah. yeah. And then blaze anyone blaze. who scrolls past that is going to see... You know Spike Cohen and others. I They're probably their replies probably look different depending on the algorithm. Spike
2: but. Cohen can confirm. I've been on TikTok for a few hours over the past year, and I'm now 238 percent anti-Semitic. My rabbi was devastated.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh goodness! You know, I
0: it reminds me. I was I was one time um, during the. It's a car. Alarm. Oh, okay. Has no fear. Oh, yeah, was... We'll cut this Get out. Get strapped. No <laughs> um,
2: adrenaline. <problem. laughs>
0: During the 2020 elections, I remember when the QAnon thing kind of went from something just I knew about to like mainstream. Yeah. Right. And there was a strange moment where I was I was talking to a friend of mine who is older than me. Um, You know, he's he's just about to retire. Uh, wonderful man. I have tons and tons of respect for him. I really like him. But he does. He's kind of like he's kind of like an old school hippie liberal. Right. But we really connect on things like. We both like Jordan Peterson and philosophy and psychology and these things. And we, we connect in this really dynamic way. And the first thing he does is sits down, we're chatting, get a beer. And he's like, man, I'm really worried. People will just like, they get on the internet and just like the QAnon just like goes into them. And then all of a sudden now they're just, they, they, they belong to the QAnon cult now. And I'm so worried about these people just being infected with these ideas. And I was like, you're such a smart man. I don't understand <laughs> how, how you could like leap to this conclusion, like take the agency away from all these people and like treat them like they're just nodes in a system for you to manage and like be worried about in this way. Now he's he's a guy without any power, right? He's just a guy who's just worried. But she's running for president. She's gonna try she's gonna try she's gonna be the most powerful person on the planet. And you're gonna put this person in charge of things when they have this kind of like they're they're worried about the fear mongering of the Trump campaign while putting forward somebody who is just as bad, just
2: on things that are civil liberties issues like freedom of speech. They're just pivoting to their own fear mongering. Yeah. Like, like
0: your access, your ability to access the app you want on your phone that you like, you know, your ability to be anonymous on the internet. It's just a different kind of fear mongering. Right.
3: Well, and a lot of the stuff is super generational because it was probably like 24 14 ish is when politics and internet culture started to kind of seep into uh, American political life and because i I remember back in the day was it hillary clinton i think where she's like the hacker 4chan is trying to remember like like 4chan was a character yeah yeah, it's like a character not like a website you know (laughs) and it's it's like funny watching these like older folks that did not grow up with the internet that are like powerful people trying to grasp with what is happening in like internet spaces and then they start and there's clearly you have no idea what they're talking about you know it's the same thing with we got all the crypto questions here on on the debate too it's the same type of dynamic where they just start like they start just saying things and they don't know what they're talking about it's like it's like 4chan is a hacker <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: well. it, it appears as if they they have one advisor like one young person on their staff who's like okay so like here i'm gonna explain it to you like i'm like you're five right and here's like these four bullet points and then that's just all they know about it right and they just have to regurgitate that because that's what they were coached on yeah The IMF put out propaganda to explain to the plebs what inflation is. They didn't mention the money supply. I wonder why. The Biden administration bypassed 26 federal laws to build additional border wall in South Texas. Somehow they still managed to blame Republicans for this horribly racist act. A Pentagon official was charged by federal authorities with promoting and furthering an illegal dogfighting ring in Maryland.
0: The Republican caucus did not appreciate the characterization.
2: For all these stories and more, join the Discord. To let us know what we should cover in the next Next episode of Human Reaction.
3: Well, and it's a uh, it's a similar thing because like the next thing, I think this was the first time cryptocurrency was ever mentioned in a debate. Um, CBDCs have been mentioned, but like this was a question laid at Vivek
0: specifically about this. And I think it's interesting too because of what we talked about. We, we didn't talk about it this week or last week, but Jamie Dimon came out and basically said all of crypto is a scam. Chase Bank is not going to touch crypto. Like it's it's it was a that's actually a pretty big statement. Uh, and it was his response is both good. And then, additionally to that, just to give him some love, Ron DeSantis knocked it out of part with was his contribution here. So
3: yeah, well, yeah. and and I do want to play the Di- the Jamie Diamond clip as well because that's like mm. a thirty second clip, and just put it in parallel with this uh, question. Actually, actually, no, let's do the Jamie Diamond first first because that is a shorter clip, right. and then you can see how this question feels like it was written by Jamie Diamond. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, classic. Th- so. The same day as the debate, um, there was a uh, – the same day as the debate, there was a Senate hearing in the Finance Committee, I believe, and Jamie Dimon was being questioned by Elizabeth Warren, who is like the worst banker puppet that <laughs> the, there is. She's
0: the banker um, senator. <laughs>
3: she is the banker of senator. Don't let people confuse and think that she's a Bernie person because she is the banker senator. <laughs> she always has been. Uh, Did she just go gray?
2: I feel like – she always been. Well, I great. think she
3: gave up her Pocahontas nature. Right? Oh, that's <laughs> what it was.
2: That's what it was. High cheekbones. <laughs> I saw, she
0: said it, not me. I, <laughs> <she said>
3: it, <laughs> not me. I, I saw a tweet because, like, I'm obviously in the crypto space. I saw somebody's like, "Why does Why does Elizabeth Warren hate us so much?" And it's like, <laughs> all the crypto people, and one person's like, "We called her Pocahontas one too many times." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So here is uh, Jamie Dimon at the Senate.
1: I've always been deeply opposed to crypto, Bitcoin, et cetera. You pointed out the only true use case for it is criminals, drug traffickers, anti-money laundering, tax avoidance. And that is a use case uh, because it is somewhat anonymous, not fully, and because you can move money instantaneously and because it doesn't go through, as you mentioned, all these systems built up over many years, know your customers, sanctions, OFAC, they can get bypassed all of that. If I was the government, I'd close it down.
3: Uh, goes instantaneously and doesn't go through all this bureaucracy. How? Bu- bureaucracy? Oh, wow. Oh. No. What a weird endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> he Sounds also his
1: <laughs> cash,
0: to be clear. Oh, yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, Chase Bank is now, uh, they put out a big memo saying, if we believe any uh, transactions that you're making are going towards crypto-related products, uh, we will stop those transactions. So, Wild. choose your bank carefully. They'll, yeah.
0: And they'll do that for now until the entire internet's crypto and then they'll have to stop. So. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. But uh, so now here's the question here uh, laid out just later that same night uh, towards Vivek on the crypto question.
7: You praised cryptocurrency like Bitcoin as an opt out from our, quote, broken financial architecture. And you oppose efforts to regulate it. The head of the largest international crypto exchange just pleaded guilty to allowing his platform to launder money for terrorists, including Hamas. You say your cryptocurrency plan will, quote, ensure economic freedom for Americans, end quote. Won't it also ensure economic freedom for fraudsters, criminals and terrorists?
4: Look, fraudsters, criminals and terrorists have been defrauding people for a long time. Our regulations need to catch up with the current moment. The fact that SBF was able to do what he did at FTX shows that whatever they have as the current framework isn't working. And I think it is nothing short of embarrassing that Gary Gensler, the current leader of the SEC in front of Congress could not even say whether Ethereum counted as a regulated security or not. And so I think that this is just another example of the administrative state gone too far. Here's the dirty little secret in American politics today. The people who we elect to run the government are not the ones who are even actually running the government. It is the bureaucrats in those three-letter agencies that are writing regulations that Congress never gave them the authority to write. And the good news is a U.S. president can absolutely fix that. That takes a U.S. president with a spine. So what I've said is in my administration, by the end of year one, we will have a 75% reduction in the number of federal bureaucrats. We will shut down government agencies that should not exist. We will rescind any regulation that fails the test of West Virginia versus EPA, which is the most important Supreme Court case of our lifetime, that said if Congress didn't delegate that to an administrative agency, then it's unconstitutional. These are seismic changes. These are big changes that the next president can deliver without asking Congress for permission or for forgiveness. And I want people to understand that distinction, because people have been sold myths by politicians for a long time, saying, I'm going to work with Congress to do this or that. Much of what you've heard on the stage from the other politicians fit that description they need Congress. The things that I'm promising you, this is what the leader of the executive branch gets to do under Article II of the Constitution. Thank you, sir. Cut down the bureaucracy. That's how we grow our economy. And put the Federal Reserve in its place as part of the crypto no, no, discussion. No, no, no. 90% headcount
7: You're, you're out of time. But, 15 but, seconds, Governor DeSantis. So what,
6: one of the dangers that we're going to face we'll right DeSantis once is central bank digital currency. They want to get rid of cash, crypto. They want to force you to do that. They'll take away your privacy. They will absolutely regulate your purchases. On day one as president, we take the idea of central bank digital currency and we throw it in the trash can. It'll be dead on arrival. Uh, uh-huh. I agree with that.
0: That was a good moment yeah, because you saw the from, one and, thing that Vivek didn't hit on yeah. and he took advantage and, of it.
3: And, and CBDC is something, it is like a, a boogeyman phrase that has entered the conservative ethos too. And it's actually kind of um shocking to me that Vivek didn't have that in there because it's just like just from a marketing standpoint, would right. be good to hit that phrase.
2: I think this is actually an example of a a tactical error on Vivek's part where he does tend to get a little too academic mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. debates. He, he should... I mean, it's good cause he's communicating to the people he's communicating to that. Hey, he actually knows what he's talking about yeah. and he understands what Ethereum is. Whereas yeah. I bet the other three of them are like, got to look up Ethereum later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only
3: the second biggest cryptocurrency. <laughs> right. Exactly.
2: But, but for most of the people watching this debate, mm-hmm. right. He's probably a little over their heads and they're probably a little glazed over, but then they hear Ron DeSantis come in with the thing they know, CBDC. Yeah. Yep. And they're like, Good job, Ron. That 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 sounds yeah, good to yeah, me. Yeah, because like that. everything
3: that Vivek said, I agree with um, on that. But it is very much like you kind of have to be in the space to really understand what he's talking about. Like the idea that there's not a clear regulatory framework in the United States right now, and that Gary Gensler is just like flying by the seat of his pants, and he's not giving any clear definitions to anybody on what anything is, is creating a lot of muddy waters in the space right now. And then it allows for things like FTX that just kind of happen under the noses of everybody. Well, that's the main lobbying arm going to <laughs> to going to the sec at the time and that's the only person that gary is willing to talk to seems to be sam bankman freed before the fraud is exposed Mm -hmm. right like like all that stuff is very true there so like having a clear understanding of like what even like what the hell are the rules right now we don't even have like clear definitions and there's been it's been years where we've been trying to get these things and nobody in the industry knows what they're talking knows what's going on in america so they have to go overseas because we don't know is America a free country or not? Like, we, we don't know. Yeah. There's no clear definitions on anything. And right? with
2: restrictions from banking on, you know, not permitting people to transact with crypto, which is very common these days, it's even more incentivizing people to go off of the financial grid, so to speak, and, and you know, into this nebulous, you know, dark web, you know, place where, where I think... You know Jamie Dimon's kind of referring to in terms of uh, you know all this money laundering stuff. You know,
3: well, well, and here's the thing too: is Jamie Dimon, and this is what Elizabeth Warren. She was on CNBC the day after this, also talking and throwing all this stuff. And Elizabeth Warren was out here saying that we need to revise the the. Uh, the bank secrecy act that came in after 2001 after nine eleven, nine 11, which was a tool for the banks to track down payments so that they could grab terrorists. And, and it's basically like a losing your privacy on your banking type of a deal. And so she's now saying how that, the
0: government persecutes marijuana farms. Yep. And and, and that, that's how they
3: use operation choke point to target gun owners and only fans, girls and things like that. Right. Like it's the same thing. Um, but, uh, uh, she was on talking about how we need a revision to be more broadly scoping and tighten the, the reins on everything. But, uh, you know, like th- these are very real problems that are existing right now. In the meantime, well, also like the ETFs are going to be pumped through here in the next month. Like it's it's very confusing what's going on in America right now around this topic.
0: Additionally, you know, he's also he he's he has a problem this with this, Joe. It's like he has to signal the nerd because that's how he demonstrates proficiency, right? Yeah. Right. He has to be able to say, oh, there's a Supreme Court case, and this is what it is, and this is what it does, and that's why it's important, all while saying, like, this is the problem with bureaucracy, this is the problem with our lack of ability to innovate, all these things, all in one little tight little section, speaking super fast, going way over most people's heads, but it's when you're young, it's the only way to signal
2: proficiency. Mm. He has to be more academic to indicate that he actually knows what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah, so
0: he's stuck. And that's this one of the reasons why it's just it's very difficult to win as a millennial right now is because boomers don't trust millennials, probably on average, not all boomers, not all millennials, but on average, uh, yeah. because for the most part, they're your children. Like most of the people are looking at it, it was like, ah you young snappers in your cryptocurrency. It, it was interesting right?
3: <laughs> in this debate. Where uh, I noticed DeSantis also kind of pulling the "I'm a young guy" card throughout mm-hmm. the debate, because um, there was a lot of questions levied. There was a bunch of questions later on levied towards like, "Is Trump too old?" Mm-hmm. Which I think is a re- very fair question. He's going to be the same. He's going to be above the age of when Biden became president when if if he gets reelected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and those questions were levied at uh, DeSantis, and DeSantis was very much like, "We need a new generation. We need all this stuff, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, so, and when you look at it, like. I'm pretty sure DeSantis is younger besides Vivek is younger than everybody else uh, else that's been running as yeah. well too. Yeah. He's younger than Nikki, right?
0: Yeah. And, and additionally, and to give him full credit, he had an excellent ending, like the way he ended, they kind of gave everyone that ending piece. Uh, everyone did. Okay. Um, I thought they all made their cases just fine and proficiently, but DeSantis uh, DeSantis's ending was just a, a, an absolute crusher.
2: It was. And I was wondering if he was going to, if uh, Cal, uh coolidge was going to be vivek's pick oh yeah well, you know because they go down the line of Vivek's last right and no actually, i'm looking at vivek like oh he's probably like they're gonna pick all the good ones
6: <laughs> uh, reagan washington lincoln excellent uh one of the guys i'll take inspiration from is calvin coolidge now people don't talk about him a lot he's one of the few presidents that got almost everything right He understood the proper role of the federal government under the Constitution. We need to restore the U.S. Constitution as the centerpiece of our national life. And that requires a president who understands the original understanding of the Constitution, who has a good sense of the Bill of Rights, and who knows how we've gone off track with this massive fourth branch of government. Uh, this administrative state which is imposing its will on us and is being weaponized against us. So Silent Cal knew the proper role of the federal government. The country was in great shape when, when he was president of the United States, and we can learn a learn, learn awful lot from Calvin Coolidge.
0: One of the best things that people should know about Calvin Coolidge is that he is the guy who, because he was vice president, who then got kind of put into as president, um, was in position in the transition of power when his president that he was serving under uh basically couldn't do that much (laughs) uh, for all kinds of political reasons and additionally ideological reasons um uh, amity shells has a book called coolidge it's excellent people should read it uh as an example of like he was a progressive of his era he's a republican progressive but he had an older school view of a lot of things when it came to the federal government that he just held very tightly to and you want to look at the depression of 1920 and 1921 where after world war one was over New transition, uh, old president dies and effectively the last few months of his presidency is actually controlled by his wife. And then we go into the new uh, presidency, huge depression happens, uh, way steeper uh, price deflation and inflationary pressures, uh, way more unemployment than the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. But the government's response to was, well, we just got done with the war. We're going to cut all the spending. They cut spending. Interest rates went way up, controlled inflation. Deflation happened really sharply. Interest rates went back down. There was an automatic adjustment by the marketplace to the conditions that was causing the depression, a.k.a. way too much government inflation of the, of the money because of war spending. And now they very quickly, in about eight months, came out of it.
2: Wow. I'm curious. You said that the market responded, but wasn't 1920? Wouldn't that have been post-creation of the Fed?
0: The Fed was still relatively weak, Right, it wasn't nearly as activist as it was during the, um, because so they didn't remember have the Fed was originally just the lender of last resort. That was it. Yeah, it wasn't setting the interest rates for all prices in the economy at the time. The Fed's power grew over time. It's scope what it expanded. Became, mm. Yeah, when did that
2: happen that they actually started setting rates?
0: No, I don't remember exactly the date, and I'm not really sure if it was a direct uh, empowerment. Post World War II? I can't remember. I, I I know it's covered in Rothbard's America's Great Depression, but I can't remember exactly. Yeah,
3: like, that. and it, it's the same thing with like the income tax at the time, because like 1913 is when all the great evils basically set in in, in American uh, politics, the Fed, income tax. And like at the time, income tax was set into five brackets, and each bracket was either 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%, depending on which bracket you are for income mm. tax. And then war comes along, and it was like, Top bracket was like ninety three percent, like Whoa. it was crazy. And and the whole thing was it would never go higher than five percent. Like they would never do that. And then it was and then we were talking like ninety percent mm. down the road, right? And th- and then it gets brought back down. But then it's like we settle at a nice like thirty percent. You know, like, yeah, like that's, yeah. what, right, that's what happens. Right. They right?
2: anchor you really high yeah. so that thirty feels great. Yeah. After so like 90. during
3: that Woodrow Wilson era is really like they they say these are just like temporary measures. We just got to do all this stuff and then nothing's ever you know nothing's ever truly temporary
2: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. very true so what was the what was the takeaway from this like what was the what's been the fallout across the media and everything at post post debate
0: well clearly chris christie won <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's that's <laughs> he clearly the, the
0: hardest right if you don't um, defend the woman running for president who wants to nuke the world and dox everybody on the internet he did come that's off as a, a, a little guy. more
2: of a moderator than anything like he, oh, he became was, he, turned he turned out he was like he kind of scolding yeah it was like
0: how dare you be mean well,
2: you know? spe- yeah.
3: speaking of moderators i'll actually say something that was quite clear to me is how much better megan kelly is than like every other mod- moderator that we had um, oh yeah it, that seems very evident and like it shows why she was the number one like new top news personality before Tucker Carlson like she had that Fox News spot before Tucker it's just like she's so much more charismatic than the other two that were beside her and it was like very clear to me and also she kind of controlled the stage when things started getting out of hand she was the one that brought him back in and like she did a very good job I would say so like kudos to Megan
2: Kelly yeah it was actually showed a lot of media savvy which obviously she has but uh, I noted at one point she was like hey stop shouting like they can't hear you they can't hear you like and
3: then then everything calmed down and everything everybody kind of took their turns again. It right very, it was wasn't about
2: like oh you know uh it's not your turn it was like you're, you're communicating nothing right now so yeah. like just stop and that worked
8: well
3: yeah, yeah but like the, the media landscape i think it's it's what everyone would expect the the kind of establishment class the the corporate journos they all think it was either chris christie or nikki haley that one and then desantis in third then vivek at of at a way down at the bottom like he should have taken 10th place in their eyes
2: right <laughs> <laughs> so how is it that desantis is still polling the highest is he is he still you know
0: first of this field down, right? yeah but he's still when you look at the early primary states he's still polling in second behind trump um he's he's got a ton of of spend okay so keep in mind your segmentation donor class small group of people. The people who care about politics, a larger group of people, but still a minority when it comes to what determines elections, right? Mm-hmm. So take an easy state that has like a million people. For the most part, what you'll find is out of a million people, about 700,000 will vote in general general elections. And then about 400 to 500,000 will vote in the primary. And then half of them a Democrat and half of them Republican. So you're only looking at, you're looking at a group of like 200,000 people in a million person state, right? Those are rough numbers, but that's kind of what, how it breaks out generally. In a place like Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina, these early primary states, you know, how do you talk to that large group of people of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who make up the primary electorate? Um, Well, they're not watching the debates, right? They're not watching the whole thing. They might watch some clips of it. They'll probably watch if they already have committed to a candidate. But the people who are open, who are actually being persuaded, you're just catching them on ads, right? You're getting them in the mailers. You're getting them on digital ads. You're getting them on television, so at each one of those steps, like it's your ability to communicate to them and get money. And DeSantis had the most amount of money for the most amount of time. So he has the most amount of probably existing name identification positively in these early states.
2: I mean, I, I pointed out, I've gotten so many texts from his campaign and like none almost from any other campaign. Right. So I guess that would be indicative of a lot of spend going on be his on his behalf.
3: Right. Well, and, and then the on the opposite side, the internet pretty much believes Vivek won, which is, had been classic for all of these debates, right? And we were just scrolling through News Nation's uh, YouTube earlier and we noticed that all the clips are like sub 10,000 views on like all the other candidates and then all the clips are like 200,000 views 400,000 views 500,000 views so like the internet candidate again vivek the kind of traditional traditional style candidate nikki haley or something right Mm -hmm. it's it's, that seems to be the case yeah
0: yeah only thing i know is that the only people who like chris christie is the new york times yeah, And Nikki Haley herself and like Jason Cal- <laughs>
3: and like Jason Calacanis from the all in podcast. Oh, yeah. right? Like it's like, yeah. like actually like people that are traditionally Democrats yeah. seem yeah. to really like Chris Christie. And, and that
0: was one of the major stories that came out of this too, is that Nikki Haley is getting a major spend from major democratic donors. Interesting. To her super PACs and to her like allied organizations. What's the right? strategy there? Well, they want to try, they don't want Trump. Gotcha. Right. They want, they want someone who is going to be more controlled in their engagement i don't know it's hard to say i mean like i I think if you ask any of them there's a reasonable like um point they're probably going to make about like american discourse and like making sure that we don't have uh, this loose cannon in the white house i don't see how she's not more of a loose cannon than trump to be honest just in a worse way she
3: plays ball like she's she's somebody that's going to play ball and that's all that's wanted by the donor class
0: yeah she'll take your meeting uh she's not gonna blow you up on twitter afterwards you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, things like that.
3: She's not going to say that, she, that she'll buy Greenland, you know, yeah. <laughs>
2: elephant in the room, though. Trump's still winning by like a ridiculous margin yeah. over yeah. all these candidates. So it, at this point, is it still a foregone conclusion? He's See, the nominee.
0: You take all the candidates. and You got 60% of the total Monta- or uh, Republican electorate and most of these primary states are already on Trump's side. He's going to crush New Hampshire, for example.
3: Well, I, I um, think that there's a there's a clip from Christie at the debate where he's talking about the Trump stuff, which I think might be applicable to this conversation right here.
0: You want to give him more airtime? Yeah. The white knight of the the establishment? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I do. Okay. He's more the white castle. More. (laughs) Am I right? Have a nice meal and get out of this race. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: So, yeah, here is, um, he was asked about Trump here, and uh, Christie believes Trump's right to vote will be taken away.
7: Governor Christie, would you like to begin?
5: Sure. Thank you. I want you all to kind of picture in your mind's election day you all be heading to the polls to vote. And that's something that Donald Trump will not be able to do because he will be convicted of felonies before then and his right to vote will be taken away. You know, you, look, here's the bottom line. You can boo about it all you like and continue to deny reality. But if we deny reality as a party, we're going to have four more years of Joe Biden. When I, My colleagues here raised their hands and said they would support him even if he was a convicted felon. The bigger problem with it is they were confirming the lies he's told to the American people. If you're too timid to take on Trump, believe me, others will get will see that timidity. Xi, Putin and the Ayatollah, the border crossers on the southern border and the criminals in our streets. They'll sense that timidity and they'll take advantage of that failure of leadership. We need to get back to an old American idea that every person is responsible for their own conduct, even a president. That's all I wanted from that.
0: Well, in Florida, he will vote. So to be clear. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> Even if he's. Yeah. I remember when Florida legalized felon voting. Mm. You can't vote while you're serving, but when you're done. Yeah. Oh, I got And you. that's actually an American value. And he's profoundly un-American by advancing the opposite. Because in America, when you pay a penalty, pay a price, and you are punished for a crime, afterwards, you're innocent again. That's how it used to work. Uh, Until prosecutors like him came along and decided to make every crime a forever penalty so that, you know, they can drive things to the prison industrial complex. Mm.
3: Well, something that I noticed in the aftermath of this and just recently I've been noticing in like conservative punditry is there seems to be more and more concern of something like a 14th amendment situation happening Mm -hmm. to Donald Trump or like that he legitimately will not be able to run for whatever reason because of the felonies and stuff like that. Like I'm noticing that more among the conservative punditry class. So like, which does make, if that is the case and there's even just a shot of that being the case does make this whole undercard debate much really more of a big bigger deal and
0: that's right? why everyone knows it's a big deal right i mean that's that's why honestly when people say oh vivek he's just he's just running you know no one knows why he's in the race sort of thing Is like no, no no you don't get it if i was his advisor what i would be doing is running this sort of race here's why uh, as much as he's not the one on stage attacking Trump, he's the one who, if Trump can't do it for some reason, would be the only logical choice after that. Yeah. Other than maybe DeSantis, who's attacked Trump, but he's he's maintained kind of- there, There's inequality.
3: a loyalty issue that uh, among Trump voters, that yeah. they feel ve- like DeSantis is very disloyal. Like all right. the disloyalty rhetoric that is thrown towards DeSantis from the Trump camp is like very much felt by the base. And, that's, and
0: that's also, uh, for sorry, for, for whatever reason, the vague hasn't gotten that. Even as he said- we need new legs for the America first movement. So
2: and I think that that's just because he has been generally the most supportive candidate of Trump. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, and I don't think that he's drawn any real criticism from Trump directly. Whereas Ron DeSantis has been branded Ron DeSanctimonious. Right. And he's had, he's had a lot of attacks levied his way by Trump and by Trump supporters. So I, I think you're right. I don't think DeSantis is just like a shoe-in candidate. There's, there's campaign the staff base.
3: conflicts between the two camps and then there has just been DeSantis on Trump action like that has been infighting. Again, phrasing up. Kyle,
2: you really um, need to watch that, please.
3: <laughs> uh, but well, Vivek has openly said that first thing he would do is pardon Donald Trump, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think
2: that's the right
0: answer to it.
3: Which from a game theory perspective here, like you could almost see like if things got very hairy for trump on the on all this stuff and he gets blamed like you know he gets hit by treason 14th amendment can no longer run for president like if like the worst case scenario for trump happens then the most obvious thing is to push the uh, america first movement being like vivek is the is the new torch bearer. we need to have a new youthful energy come in and and drive all the people towards him right yeah. like that would be the 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 game play.
0: The question is whether or not Mr. Trump would ever do that. He's too narcissistic. Yeah. He'd be like,
3: no, I can run from jail. <laughs> like, that's what he would do. Yeah.
0: For the 14th amendment be, be damned. Well, well of but, course, I mean, and, and, uh, that is also dependent upon the court's engagement with this and how quickly a, a decision of that nature would get to the Supreme court. And where would the Supreme court go? Mm,
2: true. Um,
0: true. And I, but that's the question. They're also interpreting. You're asking an originalist to interpret the 14th amendment. If he is convicted by a lower court of treason, might not go the way you well, think, and, guys, because these guys aren't conservatives. They're originalists. They're textualists. I don't I don't know what Gorsuch would do in that moment. Right. Interesting. Well, so. and
3: something that I want to say is um, how scared people are of Vivek. We have this clip from Van Jones on how he was <laughs> so literally scary. shaking literally, because shaking. this this young Trump Nazi figure <laughs> is just spewing his vile poison out on the debate stage. So if you don't know, Van Jones is a former communist that works for CNN as a contributor.
2: Um, former communist? And I, I believe he's a
3: former Marxist. I don't, oh. I, I don't believe he uses the label anymore.
2: Once an asset, always an asset.
3: <laughs> okay. KGB agent, <laughs> Van Jones. I think we're just spewing fake news. On, uh, <laughs> our vile poison. That's yeah, all perhaps, perhaps. But uh, yes, this was a fascinating clip to watch here.
8: In the smug, condescending way that he just spews this poison out, is very, very dangerous because he won't stop Trump, but he's going to outlive Trump by about 50 years. And you're watching the rise of an American demagogue that is a very, very despicable person. Yeah. And I, I'm, I literally, I, I, was, I was shaking listening to him talk because a lot of people don't know shaking. that is one step away from Nazi propaganda coming out of his mouth.
0: Wow. He was just shaking. How dare
8: he? I'm literally, literally sh- Bitcoin
0: labor. things. That's exactly what Hitler would have done. It's true. Is, he, uh, said, he said January 6th might have been influenced by the FBI. That's what Hitler would... What? What are you talking about? What's he talking about? Like, And that's the thing that's so, that's so outrageous is he would say that and all the other panels would be like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well,
3: it's it's scary because Vivek can live for another 50 years.
2: (laughs) Plus he's younger. He's not saying what I think he
3: should say. Yeah, we got
2: 50 years of this guy. The most concerning thing about this to me is this rhetoric about it being dangerous, right? Like this is the whole dangerous for a democracy thing, just the continuation of it. Mm -hmm. The fact that someone can consider speech dangerous when it's not, you know, overtly inciting violence is like really concerning. It just shows a lack of tolerance of, of viewpoints, a lack of ability to have civil discourse. That that is more dangerous than anything Vivek could possibly say.
0: Totally agree, and, it, and it's so ridiculous. I mean, there there are of course criticisms of Vivek. We're not we're not the Vivek's fan club in here, although maybe call us. Um, <laughs> I like the guy, but uh, <laughs> but Van Jones's rhetoric here is, I mean, not only is hilarious because he's literally shaking. You know that like like you're a grown man, <laughs> you're a grown man shaking because a presidential candidate said some things you disagree with. What are we doing here? your job is to talk on television well what are we doing here (laughs) what's going
3: on well we have to remember that donald trump literally stole democracy and all this stuff and this is just the next version of trump he's the hamburger of democracy you know all (laughs) the rhetoric that we (laughs) had to deal with for years it's all right here (laughs) Chris christie is
2: unequivocally the hamburgler okay
0: (laughs) oh god oh man so um he did, Vivek did on the aftermath, uh, did trigger some stuff. And, and I would talk about other people's aftermath from it, but they got almost no coverage. So yeah. I, I mean, from the point of view of like, he said things that got the media to talk to him about those things. I mean, that's another uh, measurement of success. And it was no doubt that almost all that attention went to Vivek because he said the most controversial and interesting things.
2: Well, he did. I mean, like right towards the end there, he had that that crazy like – rant that i don't know that we're going to play necessarily but um or is that what you're pulling up now
0: this is more the reaction to that where
2: he he goes over the claims you know do we need to play that for context i don't know maybe we don't have it i have a type of time stamp if we want to try to pull it up on the long form hmm. because i mean like he he really i mean we don't necessarily have to but he, he hits a laundry list of things that were January 6th, 9
0: 11. Mm-hmm. Great oh, replacement, yes.
2: theory, all Oh All those yes. things. Let's, yes, let's, play, yes, that. let's, let's play, play that. Let's play that. Here's do my that.
4: issue with all three of my other colleagues on this debate stage is all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years. For money and endorsements. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your book a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Why am I the only person on this stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job, that the government lied to us for 20 years about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11, that the great replacement theory is not some grand right-wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform? That the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech. That the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security establishment
1: <laughs> okay. that actually Thank put out
4: the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person That'll on the it, stage sir. who can Thank say you. these things. That's what it's going to take, not people who were licking his boots one time and now Monday okay. morning quarterbacking and criticizing him <laughs> when it's convenient.
0: Boom. boom scorched Woo. earth so let's list them off Nine eleven. well before that oh well, uh you do j6 january 6 influenced by the fbi or potentially yeah yes.
3: seems to be more and more clear as time yeah. goes on
0: Nine eleven. uh saudi involvement for 20 years the government lied to us about that mm-hmm. uh i lost track
3: <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: uh I think it was I have a replacement after that. great, yeah, great, great replacement, replacement is Democrat policy uh, Democrat policy not just a conspiracy theory uh stolen election by big tech yeah uh in 2020, 2020. in 2020 and then, in 2016 intelligence apparatus Russia stolen. hoax Russia hoax basically undermined his presidency and also just
3: undermined yeah undermined I don't think the, that's exactly an accurate after.
0: statement I think it's stolen by him, but I see what he's saying no like he, this, he's equivocating a, a, I think
3: that is a correct statement to yeah. say it that
0: way well it's more like a the national security establishment used a campaign product of a dossier created by the Hillary Clinton campaign through a third party. And then
3: completely bogged to, down four years of the presidency. To make his presidency yeah. hell.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's that's completely accurate and something that people do miss. And then the last one was he did the Hillary Clinton hoax and then those were more, was not there? I thought
2: twenty sixteen was the last one. Oh, wow. Yeah, it might have been. Anyways, he basically just like hit a laundry list of like unmentionable topics.
0: Hell of a moment.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Woo! Yeah. So obviously, he got
0: a lot of coverage afterwards, including uh, this interview uh, with this, as uh, Kyle would say, lady reporter.
1: Uh, <laughs> I couldn't kidding. remember her name. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> in, the pre, in the pre-planning, I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> don't throw this on me, Dave. <laughs> She's uh, like a famous person. I just don't remember her name. I can't remember her name right now. But I, I All of them are the same person to me. All of these uh, corporate news people, they're all the same person. <laughs> they all look the same, do they, Kyle? <laughs> they do. They're all just wow. like... Intelligence operative stooges (laughs) or useful idiots. (laughs) Nice. All right. So, yeah, here is um, her confronting uh, about this vile poison
4: when the Democratic Party and Biden, the leader of the Democratic Party now,
3: as recently as 10 years
4: ago with Mallorca sitting at his side expressly talking about non-white populations exceeding white populations that being a good thing and immigration policies they've advanced to achieve that result remain in Mexico which they're not enforcing let's have that debate rather than saying this is a dog whistle this is going to cause violence what I'm worried about is that we are going to have I would say I want to I want to be careful in the way I speak about this because I don't want to get to a place about violence I want we're skating on thin ice as a country right now but as a leader it is important to give people the permission to say in public what they'll otherwise say in private, a lot of it grounded in truth, to be able to have that debate L- without labeling somebody one a I'll xenophobe or a racist or let's a liar or anything
1: let's else. Let's
7: just say, and I'm not, not going to use the term anymore because it, it is a dog whistle for people out there who are looking for dog reasons whistle. to go after people of color and, and Jews. But
4: Let's just on the assume, of let's just assume
7: that, that that was something that was happening is that so wrong? So, what's, so, what's wrong with so Dennis, what's wrong with people? First of all, of let me just
4: pause right there. Being a majority let in this let country. me just pause right there. This is a legitimate discussion for us to have. but you, But we can't have it both ways to say that this is something that we're actually advocating for. It's an express policy. And we acknowledge that it's part of an express policy objective. Then let's actually get to the debate about whether this is good or not for the country. Right. And so I embrace that. But Thank you for getting to a useful place rather than just saying anybody who's saying this. Right. If a person on the right says that it's a conspiracy theory, if a Democrat says it's immigration policy. Just, and my view is I don't care about skin color. I could care less for skin color. Do you share the ideals of this country? The Jews
7: will not replace do, us. Do comes share- from the great replacement theory? I know we, you have
4: okay. to go, well, but just just go back and look at well, that what and I would, think about. And I would say go back and look at air for the people that are watching this. The videos that Mike Johnson has released of Capitol Police allowing them in, we should be able to at least have that debate in the open and air the video of Biden saying exactly what otherwise is described as a conspiracy theory with Majorcus ten years ago. Let's have honest debate. We can disagree, but don't call label somebody a insurrectionist or or a racist or a homophobe or a denier or anything else as a way of silencing debate. We should talk about it on the merits. And that last question yeah. you asked is exactly what many Republicans also want to be debating in the open. Whether or I not agree.
7: agree. Merits, facts. That's what we need to be doing. Amen. And that's, so show and that's- the video.
3: That's enough.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. as, a, as a pro-immigrant person, I think this is the best thing we could do is to talk about this in public rather than saying anyone who's talking about this needs to shut up and is a terrible person and is encouraging violence to people like her whole argument that a dog whistle is a way for him to say this in a way that he is now responsible for how someone insane might take this and then go do something violent it's absolutely absurd and it's it's irresponsible of her to do that because that's not american americanism trust the general people to be sovereign meaning they get to say what they want to say and if you want to shame for okay but then you actually might have to engage him when he calls you out and say, this is the policy of, of the Biden administration. So, and then she can't do that. She won't do that. Well, she it, it, like it be, before happen.
3: this clip even started, they're going into the January 6th section and also the, uh, the nine 11 stuff that he said prior right. to this clip on the great replacement thing. Um, and she just like keeps interrupting him the whole time, just being like, but it's, it's just like, it's like the most terrible thing that has ever happened on American soil. Like she's just like going through that. And it's just like emotional emotionalism here. Just trying to like pull this out of him and just like, Calm down, we can have a conversation about all this stuff, like we don't have to be like name throwing all around here like let's just let's have like an actual dialogue as a free people. We can do this.
2: can right? we really quickly just just clarify the great replacement theory? is that the idea that that you know um uh, American birth rates are below replacement and there's an influx of immigrants coming, and so they're you know, effectively, you have this, like, replacement of Americans Well, there's happening. two. Right. There's two different theories, right? And what
0: she's referring to is that there is a old, and it goes way back, actually. It's not, it's a great replacement theory that's bigger than, um, it, go, it goes back to, I can't say the word because it's going to get a sentence online. It goes back to Nazi Germany, right? So, there was a theory that there, that the, uh, part of the grand Jewish cabal uh, was out there pulling the strings, and one of the reasons why they liked open immigration was to get you know, more easily controllable dark skinned people into Germany. this is specifically immigrants from Eastern Europe and Roma and all kinds of other peoples. So that because they could be controlled better than the, than the, than the German people could, because they're smart and they're better and all that kind of stuff. Dumb Nazi BS, right? It has an American interpretation that goes a long ways back too about like the importation of the Chinese to Mexicans, to other people that are non German and non Nordic Northern European people. Um, that's not what he's talking about though what he's talking about is the very specific policy the of the democrats for a very long time of uh, making irrelevant the voting block of republicans which is the largest group of voting block republicans is white men um Statistically irrelevant to make that group statistically relevant by important as many non-whites statistically more likely to be leftists people who have other skin colors uh, to give Democrats a for, forever majority. Right. So there's a great video from Van Jones actually advocating for this very policy as he's calling, um, you know, you know, all this thing. So there is a history of this particular strategy being overtly said by the left. No doubt about that
8: asking the white majority to do something is difficult and I think it would be easier if we just acknowledge that it's difficult no ethnic majority group in 10,000 years of human history that I could find ever went from being a majority to being a minority and liked it and that's basically the request from the racial justice left is that we want the white majority to go from being a majority to being a minority and like it that's a tough request. And the reality is that change is hard. Change that you want is hard. Change that is good is hard.
0: So what he implies there is that this is bad for whites. Why? Good question. We should ask. What he's implying there is that whites have a right or like I could be upset about this very request. It's why are you asking this of American whites is it an open question that we should debate. Hmm. And you could say, hey, it shouldn't. You, you and you know my position is it shouldn't matter right what the color of your skin is what should matter is the content of your ideas and your character that should that should be what matters and i want to engage in that space in the debate and we can actually bring out these things so then we're not making this clumsy backdoor cloak and dagger argument um because this goes all the way up i mean the biden administration is celebrating the ways of of immigration because it makes whites a minority why is it good to make whites a minority Tell me why, please. Yeah, if that's all you're doing, if that's the reason why you support immigration is to maintain your power, that's a different motive for immigration than me. Maybe our policy shouldn't be determined by that. So let me, let's actually show it. The, the, the next one down is Biden talking about the same things. Very short video. Uh, no, in the in the notes, Kyle, um, of him saying this very celebrative point.
1: These, but African communities, Asian communities, Hispanic communities, and and the wave still continues. It's not gonna stop, nor should we want it to stop. As a matter of fact, uh, um, it's one of the things I think we can be most proud of. So, So there's a second thing in that black box, an unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me who are Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017, we'll be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength.
0: So I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing, but I think we should debate it. And I don't think you should be out there saying you know, anyone who says that this is a the policy motivation for the Democrat non-action on immigration, uh, inability to pull together, even when they had very large majorities, such as Obama, an actual immigration reform bill that would have dealt with things like DACA and, and did things like that. Instead, they focused on other things. This is why it maintains the status of a political football rather than something the Democrats really want to solve because they want to maximize this given situation. That is an open accusation. The Democrats should have to reconcile with that, but they get kind of like this protective shield by the media saying anyone who says that this is their strategy is conducting the first form of great replacement theory, which is racist and terrible and bad that no one agrees with, except for like the daily stormer. And who cares what those nut jobs think? What we're talking about is mainstream politics in America. One side gets to a talk about it and the other side can't. And that's not, that's
2: not how we can do democracy. And so you feel like Vivek uh, in, in this debate and in his post debate interview has sort of shifted that conversation or opened it up a bit so that it yeah. can be discussed. Well, mainstreamed it. I mean, Megan Kelly is talking live today with Gre-
0: Glenn Greenwald about this. Mm-hmm. Right. And who's a big free speech warrior. So it makes sense. But that, that's the that's the space that really matters. I mean, if, if anything he does is introduced to the American public, the lexicon of that's just this idea, which is important, but not the biggest idea of January 6th of, you know, Whitmire. He's talked about that on the campaign trial and how much of that was entrapment of and we've talked about that in the show of the Russia hoax of the intelligence agencies colluding to make sure he couldn't win in 2020 all of those things are immense
2: contributions to the american dialogue in my opinion awesome agreed well i think that wraps up our coverage of the fourth republican presidential primary debate and the last one and the last one yeah. of the year they'll oh. probably be one like right before the debates yeah. of the before scheduled one like before iowa before iowa, I, before iowa and gotcha something. yep Well, we will be sure to come back and uh, do another debate uh, recap for that one as well. But uh, that concludes this episode. For David Rand and Kyle Mack, I'm Joe Sheehan. Bennett, back there on the ones and twos. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Human Reaction. Help us fight internet censorship by liking, commenting, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with your friends. To find us around the internet, visit linktree.com slash humanreactionpod. And remember maybe so like, it was more that like DeSantis had his best performance so far I definitely, I, I would I definitely think okay, that DeSantis yes, yes, okay. he seemed One more personable different.
3: seemed like he had more of a spine he was like much more aggressive uh, it was interesting watching him and Vivek tag teaming Nikki Haley throughout the whole thing phrasing <laughs> I have to go
0: back and cut that out Jesus.
3: nope <laughs> you guys made it weird <laughs> <not>
1: made.
0: <laughs> I like all the attention boys was the, uh, her line she did say that it was, it was she did very say weird that. very strange